A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Oh, what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for taking a break from your endless archives to tune into a podcast. Uh, Lotus and I have already been going for like 30 minutes talking about AI and how that might destroy the world and steal our humanity. <laughs> but uh, if you weren't here for that, for the live show, maybe show up for the live show. You get all these crazy conversations sometimes before or after the show. Uh, Lotus, welcome back to the show. I'm Tom, the host. This is Lotus. Lotus, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. That was that was a fun chat pre-show. Has absolutely nothing yet to do with what the Elder Scrolls <laughs> has to do with. So, but uh, no, it was a fun chat and I'm uh, eager to get into uh, our topic for tonight, I guess. Yeah. So today we are picking back up with our Daedric creatures, our Daedric monsters and creatures. We've got four new Daedric creatures to discuss. As always, we are working through these alphabetically in no specific order other than they just show up alphabetically from the UESP article about all the Daedra creatures. It's a really easy way to take a look at everything, and and it's a very reliable source and also friends of the show. So yeah, that's where we're getting a lot of the information, and we will be reading through some of the bits of information and then discussing and adding more details to it. And Lotus, today we are starting off with imps. Imps, classic imps, which are in all sorts of weird fiction, but they <laughs> have an Elder Scrolls version. So, you know, let's let's dig into it. Let's, let's uh, dig into let's it. Just, they're weird. Yeah, like they, they're, they are they're, kind of weird. Yeah, they're they are kind of weird. And they're this version of the imp I find is pretty interesting um, just in regards to I don't know. Originally, my thought on imps, which is not exactly what I think you would get from like D&D or something like that, is whenever I think imps, I think of the doom imps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. are nothing like these, by the way. Absolutely not even remotely close. But that's just my default is actually thinking of those things as opposed to these. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. So here's what the UESP article says. It says imps are small winged humanoids who are slightly intelligent, sl slightly intelligent and slightly. can cast a variety of spells. They are known to be aggressive and mischievous creatures. The origins of the imps are not clearly understood. Some sources suggest they may be daedric beings, while others state that they are artificial constructs similar to golems. It may be that both theories are correct or that they are something else entirely. 
Imps are listed among the types of common Daedra that can be found in service to every Daedric prince. Yes, every Daedric prince. Imps were also yeah. among the first being summoned from oblivion during the development of conjuration magic. Go back and listen to our magic episodes where we talk about the different yep. types of magic and the origins of conjuration magic and all baby's that. Baby's first conjuration is usually an imp. Baby's first conjuration. Summon a friend, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, f- further suggesting at least some imps could be Daedra. They are commonly found in the wilderness throughout Tamriel, often gathering in caves. They can also be found in the Deadlands, Apocrypha, or in the company of elemental atronox uh speakers this is interesting speakers of impish can tame or even summon these creatures if you can speak their language that's pretty cool you can like talk them into working for you yeah i i mean they're only semi-intelligent so. yeah you i give you i give you what you want you work for me okay cool um, <laughs> all right sounds good sounds good <laughs> the language is taught by both the mages guild and the school of julianos imps often serve as familiars or vault guardians for magisters although they have been known to go rogue although usually hostile some imps can be quite good-natured once they have imprinted on an individual daedra have been known to hire imp drawn carts to transport items across the plains of oblivion uh, you can also get a bunch of items from them and stuff like that. So, yeah. So here I've got some images of imps uh, I'm going to put back up on the screen. And if you are listening to this, of course, this episode is up on on Twitch right now because we record these live and also on the Elder Scrolls Lorecast YouTube channel if you want to see the images. And let's talk about these, uh, Lotus. We've got the first the, like really early imp from Daggerfall. Yeah. And uh, I mean, bald little horned demon looking dude with wings. Sure. He's just a, yeah, he's just, uh, yeah, he's like a little gremlin with wings. <laughs> yeah, gremlins. That's a good, a good, uh, yeah, explanation. Um, but by the time we get to Oblivion, they look like these, like, beefy, muscular, yeah, they're a little more formed. So, grumpy it's guys. Weird because just <laughs> flying evil Yoda, actually, that's pretty okay. solid too. Yeah. Yeah. Rosticus in chat says flying evil Yoda. That's um, solid. So, Interesting enough, we haven't gotten to them yet, so we're not going to discuss them too, too much now, but we'll touch on them more later. They always, at least when I first got into this series, they just struck out to me as like, okay, so it's a scamp, but it flies. Yeah, it's like a flying and, scamp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we haven't gotten to scamps yet, so we'll we'll get to those later once we get to the whole S's category. But they're just like these runty little creations that kind of pop up around the area. You don't. At no point are they ever really that big of a threat in any of the games. It's really just kind of like we need a starter enemy that's kind of crappy. And it's just <laughs> right. these things. And it's right. like it makes sense that they're almost like little helpers just in the Daedric realm or floating around the wilderness. Because, again, Rob brought it up in chat and, you know, we covered it here. But like, I understand why they're kind of. Okay, are they Daedra or not? They're weird, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of weird stuff in Morrowind. That doesn't necessarily mean it's all Daedric. Like, yeah, right. So right. The, these ones where scamps are definitively Daedric, these ones always seemed kind of weird because it's like, okay, well, it's just like another version of it. But these ones almost seem like they might just be normal inhabitants. Yeah, and especially because they seem to be easily or more easily tamed by the other races of Tamriel. Right. So... Maybe they have a little bit more in common with them on some level, or maybe they are just constructs. Maybe they aren't actually yeah. Daedra themselves, but they are kind of magical constructs that can be 
leveraged, you know, biological magical constructs, but still yeah. constructs. Um, and uh, like the article says, the jury's still out on that. It seems a little bit implied that one, but a little bit implied in another. But yeah, they, they're all over the place, right? They, Every they Daedric definitely strike prince. me as more just denizens of Tamriel than but then again you can conjure them so like that's usually yeah more indicative of a daedric presence not entirely but right well you can, you can conjure spirits too so right, that's what i mean it's like it doesn't it's mean not, it has to be daedric. not totally like oh well that solves it but it's type of thing where it's yeah. like yeah that tends to kind of coincide because i was going to say you can also conjure weapons too and that hardly makes those daedric so sure um yeah and like many of the other daedra that we have across the games i mean this shows up in daggerfall oblivion and then eso and of course in eso you get all sorts of variations of yeah. creatures so you got green ones and gray ones stone glow imps horned red imps frost strike imps uh fiery imps vile imps there's a whole variety of of different types of imps so uh they show up all over the place so pretty common little uh flying grumpy evil yodas well yeah there it is that's pretty much it yeah all right let's move on to our second one the incarnate do you have any gut feelings about the incarnate yeah so the incarnates are these things are kind of neat um just because let me bring them up they're they're very humanoid they're very humanoid Mm mm-hmm just from a personal standpoint, uh, the storm ones or the tidal wave ones are, I just love that color scheme. <laughs> um, it's like this weird sea foam teal color thing. But um, incarnates are, if you haven't seen an incarnate, oh, okay, perfect. You got them up on the screen. Uh, so like incarnates in general, they have a very similar feel to flame atronox when they became like the modern day adaptation of flame atronox um they've got that weird like their physical corporeal form seems kind of just like glowy and then they've got like this yeah almost like armor. magic imbued armor like right. the, the Which, middle spaces are filled out yeah right so it's like it's it's weird but these things i think the the design of these things is really really cool i i'm actually a big fan of the incarnates especially with the them doing a little more with it um and the magma incarnate, uh, which is the boss from the dread cellar it's a very specific one it's a named one um that one's just all fleshy it's like he, he's a little more distinct than some of the like faceless other ones because they don't really have like a definitive like identity to them like they you know what i mean like yeah yeah so here let's do a little bit more yeah, describing say, we just do our for, for the audio <laughs> yeah, yeah so so the incarnates typically look like these kind of like bodies these shells with like I don't know, magic body and armor, but the magma incarnate looks very Dagon-esque, multiple arms, fleshy, but same kind of humanoid type of shape, but just a whole bulkier, hulkier (laughs) without being green. Um, But here's here's what the article says. Incarnates are an experimental race of elemental Daedra beings created by changing the animus of a Daedra using a machine known as a catalyst. The uh, this experience is alien to the immortal Daedra, whose spirits are generally considered to be unchanging and immutable. The process causes the Daedra to lose all sense of individuality and consciousness, becoming an incarnate of destruction. Each incarnate is a man manifestation of a specific kind of elemental destruction or natural disaster so you get storms and cyclones and magma and And all that kind of thing so the point that i kind of was alluding to earlier is they they're kind of these faceless things they're more of like 
a generic like overlay of something uh like an elemental example. being without well, any personhood anymore the, the same way like it, to cross into outside the elder scrolls but into other things where you have just these generic like files of enemy you have stormtroopers well, okay you can't tell the difference they all look the same in their suits like from star wars right you have uh you know from ninja turtles you have the the foot soldiers they hide their faces <laughs> okay, like yes. they're just these the generic foot, yeah. like yeah but but they have a definitive type to them in and of themselves but it's like super interchangeable because they don't really have any personality to themselves they right. just kind of become a faceless mass right yeah yeah good point um the article goes on it says the perfected incarnate was unique in that it embodied both destruction and creation combining the power of the two forces circa the second era 582 may runes dagon and the daedric say. prince of change ordered the construction of numerous catalysts to create an army of incarnates although his efforts were ultimately thwarted with the destruction of these machines and the banishing of a few incarnates that were successfully created so yep, that would be the blackwood chapter basically yeah, in a hyper ESO, yeah. nutshell <laughs> yeah um, yes right <laughs> but um yeah that's also very very mayroon's dagon where everybody always distributed to um him blowing everything up but it's actually just the idea of change not necessarily only destruction it's it's right creation is part of the thing um and and that's just it it's like if he's destroying one thing to create another thing that's like the definitive Mayrune's Dagon, which is kind of neat that these are so like they're almost like an embodiment of exactly what he believes in. Yeah. And he's doing or it to represents. his own Daedra. Like he's taking yeah. Daedric spirits right. and he's stripping out their personhood and then forcing them into this new form, yep. basically, by removing the animus, um, which is sounds terrifying if you're a Daedra. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds pretty awful. <laughs> it's almost like they're Daedric elemental zombies. Yeah, like, sort of like put them in that category. Yeah. Which, you know, that's also, see, you know, we've seen that a lot with the Aurorans from um, Meridia. I yeah. don't want to trip over that yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, similar situation. It's like their, their will kind of gets stripped away and it's just like, no, this is just you have your directive and that's literally all you got. And it's not a lot to you other than that. It's like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, and it makes sense that Daedric Princes would want that because yeah, they just want unending loyalty. <laughs> unending loyalty. Might as well just make an army of these right. elemental zombies just and hollow out any of that stuff that's getting in the way, like you know, trying to do stuff on your own and free thought. <laughs> Is that a Simpsons thing? Independent <laughs> thought alarm. <laughs> no, no lunch breaks for any of them. <laughs> Nobody gets a lunch break anymore. Just get back to yep. work. Back to back to yeah. back to toiling. Back to toiling. <laughs> All right. So we've got two more to get to, but we got to take a break and go thank our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. Our sponsors being our Patreons. I, I don't say. I never say we're gonna go thank our sponsors. Thanks, thanks sponsors. Weird patrons. Thanks, our <laughs> thank you to our sponsors, our patrons. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. 
In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore to learn more. This is a Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we go. We're in the middle of the show with our right sponsors. Smooth as butter transition. So good. So good. Um, here we go. All right, like, let's see. I'm pulling up our, our current and newest uh, sponsors, uh, which include Jib, Captain Kermit, and Ian S. Thank you for joining the Patreon. They joined over the last week or so. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the ad-free episodes or the the t-shirts and stickers that eventually you will get if you stick around long enough, all of that stuff. And uh, appreciate your support. Also, we have to shout out our Daedric Princes, Kira C and Sheogarth Sweetroll, who get shout outs every week because they are one of the highest tiers that you can get to on the Patreon. Thank you for your support with that. Also, if you'd like to help the show in other ways, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we don't have any new ones this week, but go ahead and drop one in. If Even if you have an account and you don't listen on the service, it's a great way to get your words on the show. And it also helps us out by letting people know that, hey, this is still a great show to listen to. So thank you for everybody who does that. If you're interested in the Patreon, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast is where to go check that out. You can also leave a review or a rating, at least on Spotify, and you can even comment on the episodes or whatever podcatcher you're listen, listening to this on and tell your friends and any of that stuff. All of it helps. We couldn't do this without yep. you. Really All right. Appreciate it. Very much so. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the uh, Daedric creatures. Here we go. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sidis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. Lotus, we've got a, uh, a kind of a weird one here. The Infernium. Yeah. These guys are like cre creepy bug monster things. So really big ones. <laughs> these are like really new to the series for the most part. Like, so the version that we kind of are discussing is what's new as opposed to, I guess what was sort of alluded to. So uh, to be precise, at the end of Oblivion, so spoilers for the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't want to have Oblivion spoiled, I guess now would be the time. 16-year-old um, game? There's like that siege crawler thing that assaults at the end of the game. I actually, prior to looking this up for, for this specific episode had no idea that that thing was like alluded to that it was partly living i just thought it was a giant mechanical construct like mm. battering ram slash mm. blender like yeah no it's it's got juicy parts too it's apparently got juicy parts which i did not know <laughs> that's what i call so, every everything that's biological just is juicy parts juicy parts not a mm. cuisinart <laughs> it Ooh. is uh, uh so 
I, I actually didn't know that prior to this. And apparently they're related to these weird millipede looking gross things oh, that little, have been added to ESO as of late. The Skitaris. Yeah. And it's these like, guys. yeah, I love the enemy design personally. And I think they're really fun to fight in the Elder Scrolls online. And until I realized they were a version of the creature that was brought through the oblivion portal um in oblivion i I actually didn't know that they had ever been in the series i was kind of surprised to learn that originally yeah so here let's go into the details on this uh inferniums are large bestial daedra that dwarf most known daedra in both size and hideousness resembling (laughs) a great fanged insect leech or monstrous caterpillar with numerous teeth They are many-legged beasts that chase after their prey, screaming and spewing molten rock. They are also occasionally referred to as lavapedes, which you can see why you would call it a lavapede, but is uncharacteristic of their morphology. They are very intelligent. Uh, It goes on. There's more. Inferniums are huge enough to easily devour beasts as large as horses. Although they do not have a preference for what it consumes, they typically are obsessed with concepts of upheaval and revolution. Because remember, they're intelligent. So Mm -hmm. they like concepts and ideas, right? Um, Despite their bestial appearance, Inferniums do not pursue these ends in a crude general sense. They are aware of where political and cultural power rests. High-ranking Dramora routinely fall prey to attacks from Inferniums. They are attacked far more often than low-ranking Varlets who typically enjoy fewer defenses. Because these guys are smart and they know which ones to go after, right? Inferniums also consume powerful items such as grand soul gems, master lucents, and valuable extraplanar relics. They are also known to hoard trinkets such as jewelry and precious gems, but also collect armor and magical items. They can be found in the Deadlands, typically wherever there is anything or anyone of potential prestige or authority. They can also be encountered in the plane of Deadlight. Inferniums are typically aligned with the Daedric Prince Mehrunes Dagon. Occasionally, Inferniums are accompanied by Havocrels. According to some sources, Inferniums need that assistance. It was theorized that some Havocrels are attempting to train Inferniums. Certain Inferniums are noted to reform far more frequently than any other routinely killed Daedra. In some cases, the process of reformation can take only a few days. Although the time of reformation is short, it is inconsistent and varies between the spectrum. Uh, but, but between the specimen, uh, according to the records of the scribes of Mora, Inferniums managed to take down one of the Zivili clans back in the first era. So these guys are like no joke. They're not. And uh, so just the way that it was documented on the UESP, it's so funny because I feel like th- so these things are, despite what they look like, is just like nightmare creatures, like where you're not immediately assuming oh these are like a, a intelligent race that's just like a monster thing but the way that it's worded specifically that these many leg beasts that chase after their place prey screaming and spewing molten rock <laughs> i'm sorry but there is no way that like i can ever picture their conversations not just them shrieking at each other and just vomiting rocks while trying to have a civilized like philosophical conversation like that line has ruined their ability to be too smart like regardless of what their discussion is like 
the the sound they make is pretty horrific in game anyways so like i get it but like something this smart quote unquote that also has such a ridiculous description that means they're logically choosing probably to do that just yeah. because of how horrific yeah. it is well you know what these actually remind me of are dragons typically dragons are big monsters and if you didn't know you would assume that they were dumb animals but they also are typically highly intelligent they have an understanding of social constructs and power and who holds the power they understand what the other races are doing and why they might be doing what they're doing they're highly intelligent and these just happen to look like as rob the princess stated uh an anus with too many legs yeah yeah that's actually yep that's yep i was thinking like one of those sandworm things but yeah an anus with too many legs okay i was thinking a sandworm with legs but you know what i that's fine totally a le- an I'm, anus, leg anus, leg anus. I, These are called leg anuses. Leg anuses. I'm a little concerned mm-hmm. that where people have that many teeth in their anus, apparently. Oh, God. I don't. Do you? <laughs> uh, nope. I'm a little, that's why I'm a little concerned about that analogy. Rob, but, how many teeth do you have in your anus? Well, uh, that yeah, is a we'll question just, I don't think I ever predicted know, I, I, I would I ask anybody ever. Uncomfortable, so we'll just move past that. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, these, I don't know, the creature design on these things is really, really great. I actually uh, love the design on these things. I think they're really freaky. But um, it's, again, it's it's weird to think that they have thought because actually, um, <clears throat> as brought up in chat, again, by Rosicus, like, how, how would something like this express itself? Other than the screaming and vomiting on each other. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But like... yeah. They, yeah. they have these weird little like leg things so it's not like they can write like they're not going to be articulating like writing, yeah I all intents and purposes scratch in a wall like dragons dragons scratch True. you know yeah. what i mean so like i guess they can't hold a pen but they can still you know share that information so maybe maybe these things leave dirt messages or, or maybe it's just telepathic or something yeah, like that maybe they're just like, telepathic. they don't have opposable thumbs they all just basically are giant bugs and uh, they don't even have very expressive faces because they just look like giant anuses. But maybe, maybe it's all telepathic. Maybe they. Yeah, maybe. What do you think they sound like in your head? I just assume high pitched screaming. Still, like that's. <laughs> I just assume that's their normal volume <laughs> for whatever they're saying <laughs> is very high pitched screaming. <laughs> do you, Do you think they just like yell like I really like your art? That's great. Like That's great. <laughs> you are a wonderful performer. Your songs move me. <laughs> you have very meaningful. Like, yeah, just every single situation is just screaming, like, all the time. Yeah. It's like, Without a doubt. Buddy. I assume that's just all communication amongst these things. Now, I honestly, I hope they do more with these creatures because I feel like they're not super... Um, like I said, we, you know, we made the uh, sandworm things um, and stuff like that. Like, they're not totally... I just... I think they're a really cool enemy and they're really good at being one problem that I have sort of with like a little bit of the design in ESO, at least bosses kind of need to be easier to target from a game design standpoint. Right. So they're bigger. Like yeah. They literally are larger. Um, these things are supposed to be huge. So it, it makes more sense than this Altmer happens to be nine feet tall. Okay. Well, this thing is normally 
the size of a house so that's fine like it, i feel like it's a good enemy for something like an mmo specifically right when you have a bunch of people trying to fight right. one thing and you have to keep be able to keep track of it rather than a crowd of people fighting something the same size as everybody else that's a right, little bit which hard. is more yeah. normal for the single player games but i mean then you have the one in oblivion which was literally like bigger than the walls of the imperial city that thing was just bulldozing house so right they can get right. real big apparently yeah i wonder if there's i mean it doesn't talk about that and obviously we don't know enough about these like many of these danger creatures we don't know the full story of their lore sure this is just kind of a yeah but i wonder if like goldfish they just keep growing to fill their environment oh you know yeah, like so, they right, just so, keep getting bigger as they get older and so maybe that was like an ancient one or something yeah so it's people you gotta watch what you flush into oblivion <laughs> don't flush if you see a scratch Terrace running around. Don't flush it into oblivion because yeah. it might actually be an infernium, like a little baby one. And it it's just going to get next thing, you know, coming through a daedric portal and ripping down the Imperial city. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So be careful with your toilets and your, uh, walking anuses. All right. Well, luckily there are no to... toilets in, uh, Nern <laughs> as true. we all know. That's true. That is weird. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> hmm. I wonder if in the next Elder Scrolls we'll end up with actual bathrooms and toilets. No, they put it's them to in. prevent these things. That's, that's to that's, prevent that's them. <laughs> they were outlawed out here. I mean, they did put them in Starfield. We've got toilets they, in Starfield, so. There you go. There you go. Maybe, maybe those. All right, let's move on to our last one. This one, we've got another humanoid, the Knight of Order. Here, I'll just go ahead and start reading out and then feel free to chime in. Yeah. Notice. yeah, yeah. The Knights of Order are mindless Daedric soldiers resembling crystalline armored knights. They serve the Daedric Prince of Order, Jigalag, and make up one part of the forces of order, which also includes the Priests of Order and Jigalag. Their origins and their goals are unknown. They are soulless warriors that kill without hesitation, and it is therefore highly advised to destroy them on sight. They are said to be without, quote, a bit of original thought in their lifeless husks. They are only ever encountered during the Grey March at the end of every era, during which they are summoned to the Shivering Isles via the obelisks of order that dot the landscape of the realm, wreaking havoc in anticipation of Jigalag's return. The knights are drawn to obelisks like flies to honey and are summoned by priests of order through chanting and rituals. They are naturally attracted to the Resonator of Judgment in the ruins of Zidillion. I think I said that one correctly, maybe. I, I wouldn't have said it differently, so. There you go. Uh, yeah. Which was made from the obelisks. The Knights of Order are naturally resistant to magic and poison. Hearts of Order are a rare alchemical ingredient harvested by the Knights of a Fallen Knight, by the chest, from the chest of a Fallen Knight. These are utilized by Priests of Order as keys and power sources. Three hearts are enough to overload an active obelisk of order, temporarily deacting, deactivating it and allowing its priests to be killed. Circa 4th era 201, the manic wizard Thoron seemingly made use of these hearts together with the sword of Jigalag when attempting to open a pathway to the Isles from Tamriel. So these are basically Jigalag's like warriors that I don't know, I, denote the return. So I, ironically, I made the reference earlier when we were talking about um, incarnates kind of being like these like dagon's version of like these these whole soul you know kind of reincarnating these things into these kind of super subservient enemies and i was like oh meridia these are also another one that would be a perfect example of that except these aren't like these these are just like okay these are my warriors they really don't have fought on their own they just do my bidding essentially well or did 
because Jigalag isn't always present as we we've discussed where like it's, the gray March, you really is going to be the only time you're going to see them without some type of weird shift where if the gray March were to like succeed or something like that, we'd probably have them more. Yeah. More common. Kind, kind of like but, how Sheogorth has his certain types of data that he keeps in his realm. Exactly. They all kind yeah. of have, well, they don't all, but like a lot of, a lot of the data princes have kind of their go-to and like these ones are just kind of like the the mindless minions of Jigalag, which is they're really interesting design because they kind of at least in game we haven't seen them a lot in game. It's actually um, pretty uncommon that we we've seen them. Uh, we see them in Oblivion, and uh, I think just I think that's blades. it because of the but not blades. Oh, uh, legends? Sorry, uh, legends. I think yeah. there's a yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a card art. I was gonna there's, say I'm there's card sure art for them, but like the art. only yeah, time yeah. we actually play through in an RPG is in is in that expansion in Oblivion. for Oblivion. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, it's literally you're just going on concept art. But it's kind of interesting because they just kind of look like miniature jigglags. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. They they're the, just like their oh, design so is jigglag. Uh, it's just a little Jigalag. <laughs> yeah, it's very much built on Jigalag. And Jigalag being order, and so order, you have something that's focused on order. Its armor is going to be very ordered and symmetrical and full yes, of these everything's like... everything's very sharp angles, sharp symmetrical, shapes. looks almost mirror-esque type of deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, these are essentially just little mini versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and their one job is to like make way for Jigalag to return. For Jigalag, yeah. So I'm su I suppose with four eras in the bag, these have come about four times now? Three times? Yeah, they're pretty bad track record, though. Yeah, I guess they're not very good at their jobs. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. won't seem overly efficient. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that is it. Uh, but yeah, to your point, they are very similar to some of the other just kind of mindless servants of some of the other Daedric princes and yeah they don't have will of their own it doesn't really seem like they don't really even seem to do much outside their one job like right e even with like seducers like or the golden saints they have this interplay that seems to imply that they're like sentient beings and do stuff unless they're like on the job quote unquote, you know what i mean for lack of a right, better way of putting right. it they have personalities they have a social like, structure and hierarchy right, right. The, the, you know creatures creatures like the knights of order I literally, it's just like, okay, just sit in your box until it's Grey March time. And I'm sure that armor is like, really heavy and hot to wear, but just keep marching around and wait for somebody else fine. to show just, up and then kill yeah, them. Or it's like they're walking in a very orderly square, like just 24 <laughs> hours a day until it's Grey March time. And that's like, they, they don't seem like there's much to them as a creature outside of just like, you exist for this one purpose. And when that one purpose isn't happening, you essentially just sit and wait. It's very similar. Like they, they come across as a very video gamey. Yeah. I was going to say idea. that it's analogous to game designers coming up with yeah. an enemy who does one job and it just waits for the hero to show up and then right. they get killed. You are, or again, going back to doom, for example, like you have monster closets. Yeah. This thing has literally been sitting behind this wall waiting for you to flip this switch right for years <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then you flip the switch and just shotgun it and its life is over and it's what a, all that weight for nothing yep <laughs> like, yep oh. it's, a, it's a very it's a very video gamey type of 
thing with the Knights of Order, or at least it seems like unless there's more to them that we haven't seen yet. But there might be because uh, like many of these creatures, the amount of ability to study them is limited. So right. most Aedra creatures is limited by Even the fact more than that some of the others. Right. Yeah. So most Aedra creatures like the Zivili or whoever are limited in the fact that they just don't deal with mortals very often. And if they do, oftentimes they don't have time for them or they just outright will kill you or whatever. Uh, when it comes to something like the Knights of Order, they only show up at the end of every era only for a very short period of time. And the only mortals who ever really interact with them are the ones who are potentially mantling Sheogorath at the time. <laughs> right. So it's not like if you were a sorcerer who is like an academician, is that a word, uh, who studies Daedra, that you'd be like, you'd have to be right at the right time in the right place. You'd have to meet them and survive and it's not like you can just sit down and like say hey can we we go get a cup yeah, of coffee and Q and a while we sort right fight. i'm like, going to interview you real fast tell me a little bit about what it's like to be one of the knights of order no they just they don't do that and jigglelag's not going to tell you anything about them either so here's a thought now i have no idea if this is this is this is speculation time from lotus this is not based on anything from the uesp it's just based on gameplay and the idea of this because these things are kind of shallow so i i but curious on your thoughts on this so if you remember in oblivion and actually there's a photo of it and ironically the photo of the uh, knight of order from the shivering isles on oblivion that just happens to be the picture they used on the uesp has it in the background there are these crystalline spike things that kind of like herald the coming of the great march and these things are like kind of wrecking house while you're playing it like they're just kind of like spiring up and forming around you and stuff like that what do you think of the idea of maybe there's a reason there's not much to them because like they're formed as part of this like it's almost like they're grown almost like, like they're a geological feature just yeah, like they're the, just like a, yeah. a, a, a like animated geological formation because it, it, there doesn't seem like a lot of sentient thought so much as just like yeah you're just mini versions of the the coming of Jigalag, and with you know these crystalline structures and stuff like that that he's using to break through stuff uh set up you know defenses and things like that during the gray march i i almost wonder if it's the same stuff except he just animates some of them you know what i mean like, maybe maybe um, that's why there's not much to them beyond just do what i say my impression of Jigalag in general is that although many of the daedric princes have personality traits they also seem to be people well at least not like human people but not, like not the powerful people, but, but they 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 are they have personalities and they also can contemplate and make choices you can change their minds sometimes you, like they they interact with their environment and they they are thoughtful yeah. much of the time and they they will you know make decisions they and things feel like, that. like actual literary characters as well right right she uh Sheogorath, very much like the insane jigalag on the other hand feels more like a force of nature sort it of seems like he's less of a let's decide what to do and more of a everything in order the way it's supposed to be no yeah. questions no decision making it's it's almost like just a you know just the same way that like i don't know gravity works gravity just works yes. a certain way it does what it does and that's it there's no deciding am i going to keep this moon in orbit around this planet it just does what it does and yeah. jigalag feels like, like way more in line with something like that than yeah, many of the other kind of an interesting point so i would imagine that 
things from his realm, creatures that work for him, if they are basically part of Jigalag, or at least came from that original design and mind space, would be very similar. That something like a Knight of Order isn't going to be wondering what to do. It just does its one thing, and that's what it does. Right. Well, and actually, I kind of like that point just based on the idea of... um, as we know, the reason that this whole Grey Marsh, Jigalag, and Shiagorath thing all came about was because the other Daedric princes kind of were like, okay, this... This guy's intolerant. Jigalag, we can't do anything. Just, we can't convince Jigalag him to change his mind. too powerful. Yeah. And in terms of powerful, which is one of the things that I've always thought was interesting because, you know, obviously he's supposedly very powerful and that was... The idea of all of the other Daedric princes ganging up on that, I wonder if it was because it's like, well, the reason Jigalag is so powerful is because the idea he's more of a force of creation and the way things have to go than a, <gasps> like than a, a creature that you can interact with. And like when you get to that thing, okay, well, Daedric princes, if they want to do stuff, regardless of what it is, because their motives are all over the place throughout the series and stuff like that. Um, if that's being hampered, it's like, well, what if we all band together and we can basically break this reality of like, okay, right. that'd be like a bunch of scientists being like, okay, can we turn off gravity on Earth? Which, okay. Sure. But maybe you sure. can build technology we, that does that, but it's going to take a lot exactly. of effort from multiple now, people. Yeah. You can do it at a small portion. Well, then maybe that's more of what it related to. Maybe it was yeah. like them trying to literally change the course of, you know, the force of nature, which was essentially... Jigalag. That's actually kind of a neat idea. Yeah. Well, and there are some other Daedric princes that kind of coincide more with forces of nature, like Mehrun's Dagon being change, right? right? Just change. We talked about him previously. That he feels again like, and and we've talked about him a lot. To seem to be a little more force of nature and a little less nuanced. Right. Um, Right. Absolutely. And um, those that have seemed to be have or have been mantled seem like they might also bring with them a little bit more of the personhood i don't yes this is i'm it, just speculating i mean this is don't don't quote yeah, me on this kind of this is not definitive of, this is and there may like, be counter examples to this but just yeah, yeah. riffing off the top of my head it, it, like you maybe the organization of these powerful spiritual type of beings whether they're the daedra or the adra is that they all started out as some foundational piece of just the way reality works and over time they either get whittled away or they get mantled and they become more like people and other kinds of creatures. But right. some of them some of the stay more true to come that. from the repeated mantling or something yeah. like that as well. Like, Maybe. Yeah. yeah it's, an, it's an interesting idea. So I don't know. That's a speculation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Of course, yeah. you can join us Any on the Robots on Radio Discord. Why maybe those are like that? Because, yeah, that was yeah. just the first thing that popped into my head. And the force of nature idea, I actually feel like oh, when you brought that, I was like, oh, that actually kind of adds to the fact it's like oh yeah that actually would also sync up so yes. it's just an interesting thought line of because jigalag is just it's such a strange entity in the series even compared to already weird stuff so like <laughs> right that that one's a bit more nebulous because we get so little information on that daedric prince and it's essentially kind of lost to, to a lot of stuff yeah yeah 
Absolutely. So, uh, well, this has been cool. Uh, of course, yeah. we've, we've got these yeah, interesting I questions. Say, I'd like to cut a couple of these. I was pretty excited to finally cover. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, if you if you have any thoughts on any of what we've said, if you have any examples of things that could prove some of the theories we have or disprove them, because yeah. either more <laughs> information totally is good. Something. Yeah, it's, that's great. You know, kindly, politely say, hey, well, actually, here's this thing. And we'll go, OK, well, maybe your theory doesn't stand, but maybe that creates another theory. Right. So. Right. Just like science, we're constantly adjusting our ideas with new information. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Lotus, you got other stuff you want to share before we head out? Um, no, hopefully at the start of the week, um, we can get an episode of Tales out for everybody. I have been in frustratingly busy. I mean, good stuff. I'm just busy, busy as of late, which has caused some recording issues because already we deal with very weird time situations. Um, but yeah, kind of also excited because uh, Endless Archive launched uh, with update 40 for Elder Scrolls Online for anybody who plays that. Um, it hasn't hit on console yet, so I don't have an opinion, but Ark has been playing it. Um, so he he's going to have thoughts. And um yeah, I think we should be able to announce next show what the plans are for Extra Life coming up. So that'll be very exciting as that's on the horizon. Um, so stay tuned um, for for that. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully at the beginning of the week, we'll have a new episode of uh, uh, UHP's Tales of Tamriel for everybody. But uh, other than that, I am going on a little mini vacation uh, this weekend to the mountains. Nice. So, well, enjoy it. Hopefully lovely. the weather isn't too crazy or cold. It's going to be so it's supposed to be nice but pretty chilly but the place we're going to has a heated outdoor pool which is amazing it starts in the building and you can swim outside and it's always 80 degrees it's nice amazing. nice that sounds awesome uh yeah. we'll have a have a lot of fun with that and Thank i need you. to dive into the endless archives i haven't tried it out yet but. i'm sorry i cannot wait to get it we get it on the 14th so i've mm -hmm. got uh you're not gonna try weeks. it with your pc character just to give it a go i uh, so i may have run out of space when i actually installed another game game so i can't actually get oh, no. the update on my pc <laughs> oh no all right well <laughs> oh first world problems um yeah <laughs> not enough hard drive first space. world is it gets good lord <laughs> <laughs> well uh awesome well good luck with all that and uh hope your trip goes well uh, of course Thanks. if you if you like the stuff i do i do a bunch of other shows robotsradio.net follow lorecast starfield lorecast lord of the rings lorecast in fact i'm launching a lord of the rings lorecast video channel where i'm taking the episodes they're now like 80 plus episodes and i'm trying to make them work for video to see if people will like them on there so if you want to look that up give it a shot see what you think about the first video and uh thank you everybody for tuning in chat thank you for being here for the live show we always love all the comments and and some of the funny things you say even if we don't get a chance to call it out we read yeah, it all so thank you. you yep and telepathic death anuses all right on that <laughs> note stay safe out there look out for the telepathic death, death anuses and we'll see you next time bye everybody bye <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms 
problems, come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcast they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.